Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Oh God, oh God, your help is here. Your help is here. Oh, Sunday, no, no, Remain standing with me from, for the reading of the word that's recorded in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number six. Very familiar text. And you know, it's good sometimes to preach from familiar text. Everybody knows it. And prayerfully, God will allow us to see something in it that will strengthen us and help us in the name of Jesus Christ. We're in Ephesians chapter number six, and if you would notice verse number 10. Ephesians chapter six, move backwards a little bit so they can see the text. Ephesians chapter number six and verse number 10. The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Just want to talk to you for a few moments today from the subject, no matter what. God bless you. You can be seated. Look across the row and just say, no matter what. Oh, hallelujah. To say that these are difficult times, is an understatement. It is clear that so many of us have been through so many different things. As a pastor, I have internalized some of the struggles and the pain of the saints. And if I could have a transparent moment today, one of the feelings that I have wrestled with is helplessness. When you want to help people, but you know you can't erase the things they're dealing with, it leaves you 
especially if you're a caregiver, a lover of people, a lover of souls, it leaves you feeling helpless. And I've been on, and, and there are some conditions that, and those of you who know me know that I'm a fixer. You know, if there's something I can do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out who knows how to do it, and I'm going to do it. But there are some things that the saints go through that all you can do is pray for them because you can't undo everything. You know, you can't undo some things that some people are dealing with and facing. And so um, there are so many things that I wish I could have stopped, I wish I could have changed, and usually by the time I get the phone call, it's happened. It's taken place. And some of the things that we're facing are almost irretrievable or irrevocable. You know, there's a lot of different forces in our lives. And I want to say this, and I, I, I want to say it so that everyone understands what I'm trying to share. Everything that has taken place has occurred under the sovereignty of God. And, and that's important to understand, but understand that sovereignty doesn't mean that God did it, but he did allow it to happen. And there's a difference because everything that happens in the world is not the will of God. Some things that happen is, uh, happen because of the will of people, the choices of people, the decisions of people. And God permits it because God has given us free will. And sometimes people's free will damages other people. Sometimes free will damages you. You make some decisions that have negative outcomes. And you can't say, well, if it wasn't the will of God, God would not have permitted it. No, God gave you a will. Sometimes he warns. Sometimes he advises, sometimes he steps in, but everything that's happened has happened under the sovereignty of God. Now, some of the things that have happened has been aligned with the perfect will of God. And there are some things that were about to happen, but for whatever reason, God said no. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. You were about to run your car off the road, but God said no. You were in the hospital, and the doctors didn't know what to do with your condition, but God said, no, you're not leaving here today. That's God stepping in and saying, my will in this case is going to prevail because I have purpose. And some of you are still alive. Oh, God, I hear your Holy Ghost. Because God had purpose and still has purpose for your life. And the purpose of God said, no, you're not leaving out like that because I have purpose. Some things are the direct result of the choices of people. And, and you have to accept the reality that sometimes people, including you, make some jacked up choices. And those jacked up choices negatively impact not only their life, but the lives of other people. And I, I know this is hard to fathom, but you know, sometimes when people are determined to do things their own way, God says, go ahead. Come on, somebody. When people are determined to be destructive, when they're determined to hurt themselves or even hurt others, sometimes God says, go ahead. And, 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 and that's not God wanting it to happen, but once again, the permissive will of God. Then there are some things that are a result of direct satanic attack. 
And, and there are some of us here that have experienced or even now are experiencing when Satan moves against you. And Satan moves against you because he also sees the will of God for your life. I, I wish there was somebody in this church that understood how important you are to God's plan. And you are so important to God's plan that Satan says, you know what? I'm going to hinder them so I can hinder the plan of God. In fact, it's not even about you. It's about God's plan. And because it's about God's plan, and I, I tell people this all the time, that Satan is a prophet. And, and sometimes he can see what God is doing and he can see how close many of us are to God working and moving in our lives. And so before we can even get to that place, Satan steps in and somebody will say, well, Bishop, I'm, I'm in a bad spot. Why is the devil bothering me? Because he already sees your miracle. Oh, hallelujah. He already sees what God is about to do. He already sees. And what better way to stop a person when right before God? is about to bless them. Oh God, they told us in the old church that if, de if the devil was fighting you, it's because there was something about to happen in your life. And, 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 and when you understand that spiritually, you'll start giving God praise in the midst of the affliction because that means something is, a, the only reason why the devil is trying now to discourage me is because he knows something is about to happen in my life. Oh, God, look at somebody say, stay in the race, stay in the race, stay in the race. Something's about to happen for you. Oh, God, God's about to do something. In every case, Satan works to do whatever he can to create the worst out of every situation. He'll use our good times against us. And you got to be careful when you're in the celebratory state. Because that celebratory state is when pride steps in. And that's why if the Lord is blessing you, you need to be the first one opening your mouth saying, thank you, Jesus. Don't, don't, don't wait for somebody to tell you how blessed you are. Know how blessed you are. Oh, shut up. Know it to the point that every time I think about what God is doing, I'll open my mouth and praise him. Every time I think about how God is blessing me, I'll open my mouth and give him the glory. Any blessed people sitting in here today? Oh, I, I see, that's how I know, because you started praising him before you even lifted your hands. Oh, anybody blessed in here today and know it was the hand of God that did it? I wish you would just do what blessed people do. They worship, they thank. Oh, God, they give God glory. Hallelujah. In the bad times, Satan works against you because he wants you to give up in the midst of the bad times. Look at somebody and say, please don't give up. Oh, God. Come on, say it like you love him. Please don't give up. Hallelujah. It's hard. It's challenging. It's, it's wearisome. It's worrisome. It's, it's stretching you beyond your limit. But I came to say to you as the Lord's servant, please do not give up. Oh, God, some of you are so close to the breakthrough that the anointing's already on you for the, oh, shataye, for the break. It's already, that, that you, you, you think this is not an ordinary spirit that you're feeling. This is the spirit of breakthrough that is already on your life. 
And because the Lord knows how close you are to that breakthrough, here comes every attack to stop you, to hinder you, to turn you back, to do whatever he can to move you away. Scripture says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The Satan never shows up to congratulate you. Lord, help me preach this. Satan never shows up to encourage you. Satan never shows up to push you in the right direction. If the enemy is showing up, he is showing up to wreak the destruction in the life of somebody. And that's why in the old church, they would look at the devil and say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Okay, y'all don't even know what that means anymore. Y'all looked at me like I'm crazy. In the old church, when stuff broke out, they would say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And the blood of Jesus is against you, meaning that you won't come here and rob me of the victory. I prayed too long. I cried too much. I've been through too much hell to let you come in Ishatama right now and rob me of the victory. You got to be out of your mind. And I know you're a liar. I know, Shetanama, Satan, I know you're a liar. Satan is after us to destroy us. And no matter what state you find yourself in, you must prepare yourself for the reality of satanic attack. And Satan has either already attacked you, or he is about to attack you, or you are in the fight right now. Consequently, we have to remain in a state of constant readiness to meet the enemy. The text in Ephesians is Paul closing out his letter to the Ephesian church. And he issues an encouraging but sobering message to these Jewish and Gentile Christians. And he admonishes the church to approach the enemy from a posture of strength. And so he says, finally, my brethren, be strong. Look at somebody say, be strong. Notice it didn't say get strong. It said be strong. Strengthen yourself because either you are in the midst of an attack or an attack is coming. And you cannot face the enemy from a posture of weakness. Oh, God, you know, when, when you approach God, you approach him as the real you. Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, I'm fighting. Lord, I'm doing with this. I'm, I'm, I'm at a level of giving up. That's how you talk to God, because he wants to hear that. But when you face the enemy, come on, somebody. If you ain't got nothing but a rock in your pocket, you look like you got something in your pocket. Okay, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You may only have a stick behind your back, but make him think that's the biggest stick I got in the world when I get ready to face you. Hallelujah. You may only got one swing, but I'm going to give everything I got with the one swing. Finally, my brethren, do what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, this is the key, that you cannot sustain yourself with your strength. And there are too many of us trying to fight the enemy and using our strength to do it. You have but so much mental acuity. You have so, but so much stick to -itiveness. 
You have but so much vigilance in you. But when I connect to the limitless God, see, that's why I got to have more than just a jumping Holy Ghost and a running Holy Ghost. I need a fighting Holy Ghost. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all too passive in here. I need a Holy Ghost that knows how to fight. I need a Holy Ghost that knows how to defend. I need a Holy Ghost that knows how to resist. I need a Holy Ghost that knows how to push back. If you push on me, I promise you, I'm going to push back. Not going to just sit there and take it. Not going to sit there and let him wreak havoc in my life, disturb my peace, upset my family. If he pushes me, I'm going to push back. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Then he tells us to be prepared. Tell somebody, be prepared. That means get ready for battle. When there's something about a vigilant soldier that maintains a state of battle readiness. If they go to sleep, they go to sleep with their finger on the trigger. Okay, y'all missed that, y'all missed that. And that's why you don't hang around folk that are ready for battle. Because if you, you liable to get shot if they're ready for battle. Come on, somebody. Because their finger's on the trigger. Come on, somebody. That's why you call them on their phone and say, are you up? <laughs> Why? Because their finger's on the trigger. Come on, somebody. And you have to be just that vigilant as it relates to facing the enemy. Then the Bible says, for we wrestle not. Now, understand that spiritual warfare is not what you do from a distance. Oh, God, I'm trying to help somebody. In spiritual warfare, the enemy gets in your face. It's not like the traditional warfare of this generation where you can hide behind a rock and shoot a gun or send a missile or throw a hand grenade. Spiritual warfare is hand-to-hand -hand combat, meaning the devil is not afraid to get close to you. Come on, somebody. You folk that think you so deep the devil won't come where you are, he will come right where you are and get right in your face. And so you can't sit back and say, I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. You got to be prepared to grapple and to wrestle and to struggle with the enemy because I'm in warfare. And he came, listen to me, he didn't come to beat you up. He came to kill you. He came to destroy you. And it's one thing when you're in a fight just to see who's the stronger. But it's something else when you're in a fight for your life. Come on, somebody. Something else when you're in a life and death struggle. And that's when I have to, I got to fight this to win. I'm not just fighting to disable you. I'm not just fighting to push you back. But I'm fighting because my life is at stake. My very soul is at stake. And that's the fight I'm in. So he makes it clear, and I want to share this. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And this is the greatest deceptive part. You ever known somebody that would throw a rock standing behind somebody else? And you get hit with the rock, and you think it's the guy in front of the other guy. Come on, somebody. And you jump up and tag him. Because you believe 
he threw the rock. Satan stands behind people throwing rocks at other people, hoping that the people fight each other. Everybody didn't catch that. Satan stands behind people and he attacks other people, hoping you will attack the person and not deal with him. And while you fighting John, he's in the corner laughing because that was his intent. I'm going to attack you and make you attack somebody else. And while y'all are beating up each other, I'm sitting on the sidelines creating all the confusion. I need to help somebody. I know everybody in here got some haters, got people that don't like you, got people that are negative to you, but those people are not your enemy. He might be using them to get to you, but the real enemy is Satan himself. Oh, he might use your brother. He might use your sister. He might use your mama. He might use the other people in your life, but that is not your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And I know some of you don't believe it, but the satanic kingdom is real. The satanic demonic kingdom is real. And you know what Satan does? He either possesses somebody so that they become an enemy. Or he can just influence somebody. What you mean, Bishop? Somebody rushes by you, doesn't speak to you, and you create an entire conspiracy theory around the fact that they walked by me, they looked me dead in my face, and didn't speak to me. And what you didn't know was they were trying to get to the bathroom. And they only had a few seconds left. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what that's like. Well, maybe y'all young folk don't, but you get past 40, you know what that's like. And I, I may not speak to you until tomorrow if I got to go. Come on, somebody. But when they rush by you, then you suddenly, you've created a whole conspiracy. And now you're looking at them cross-eyed. Now you're looking at them funny, and now you're creating something in your head that doesn't exist. And all the while, Satan is sitting back laughing. That's why I need somebody to have enough discernment to know when the enemy is afoot. I'm, I'm not trying to release people from responsibility, but understand the Bible says the devil is behind every evil work. That's what your Bible says. He's behind every evil work. That's why years ago, the saints would crowd the altar just to pray about the atmosphere. Oh, Shanama. Saints would crowd the altar saying, Lord, let your blood prevail. Saints would crowd the altar saying, Satan, you have no room in here. Oh, hallelujah. When people had disruptions in their house, somebody would wake up at three in the morning and just walk the house saying the blood of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you and the blood of Jesus is against you. No demon is coming into my house to disturb my peace. No demon is coming into my house to disturb my sleep. God, let your blood prevail. Because I realized there was an enemy that was unseen. 
you got an enemy that's unseen. Your blood pressure, I hear you, Holy Ghost, is not just a function of your diet. Even though we ought to live, we ought to eat right so we can stay here longer. But the enemy creates stress. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you get stressed, you're more susceptible to sickness. You're more susceptible to emotional breakdowns. You're more susceptible to suicidal thoughts and suicidal feelings. And that's why the Bible says he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. It's not that I don't have any problems, but I've learned how to give them to the Lord. Oh, God, the longer you hold on to it, the more damage it can do to you. But the moment you learn how to release it in the hands of God, and everybody in here got some unfinished stuff that's bothering you, but learn how to give it to God. The more you mess with it, the worse it gets. But when I turn it over to Jesus, I create I create the avenue for my deliverance. Everybody open your Bible. I want to show you something. Oh, God. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 6. Look at this. He says, first of all, verse 11, put on the whole armor that you may be able to do what? Stand. Everybody see stand? Somebody say stand. Then he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? With Stand. Everybody say stand. In the evil day and having done all to do what? What does verse 14 say first? Stand. Everybody see that? In the matter of about three verses, Paul keeps saying stand. 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 I thought about this. He tells us to stand against the devil's tactics. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand against what? The wiles, the tricks, the cunning, the deception of the devil. You say, well, Bishop, why I got to stand? Because you are more susceptible to defeat when you fall down. If they can knock you down, they have more of an opportunity to kill you. Because you're what? Off your feet. So knock them down. Make them fall. Make her fall. Then I can deliver the death blow. But here is Paul saying, stand. Now, you stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, stand in what? The evil day. That means no matter how difficult the day is, you got to stand. Because standing says, I'm in a state to respond. You know, when somebody starts talking junk, the first thing you do is get up. Okay, y'all passive people. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just talking to the saints. I'm just talking to the saints. Saints are so passive that they just live folk. But if somebody makes you mad, you do what Theron's doing back there, just standing and, and he's on the balls of his feet. Come on, somebody. That's the state of readiness. Come on, somebody. Because I don't know what might break out, 
So I'm standing. I'm letting you know I'm, I'm assuming a posture to respond to your nonsense. Y'all don't want to hear this. He says, stay, whatever you have to do, stay on your feet. Because he says, having done all to stand. Stand. That means I'm preparing myself. And then he goes through these. Flip the screen to the pictures. He goes through these armaments and these defensive weapons that we have to wear. He says, stand having your loins girt about with truth. Meaning that there's a sincerity, and I need to talk about this, because you don't have to be perfect for God to stand with you, but you got to be real. Okay, somebody missed that. You don't have to be perfect for God to stand with you, but you have to be real. And in biblical times, men did not wear pants. They wore these loose-fitting garments that just kind of flowed the same way women wore garments. But when a man went to battle, he put on a girdle. Come on, somebody. It was a leather belt that would allow him to gird up his loins so there's no loose ends. Because if there's a loose end, the enemy can do what? Yank you down. So gird up your loins. Look at somebody say, deal with your loose ends. Oh, okay, y'all don't want to hear this. Deal with your loose ends. He says, having on what? The breastplate of righteousness. And the Lord's righteousness in my life gives me protection for my vital spiritual organs. You got to put on righteousness. And I need to tell somebody this, that your best protection is living right. Okay, somebody missed that. Your best protection is living right. Let me tell you why the enemy gets us. Because we are out there playing games with him and making us a subject to the whims of the enemy. But when you come all the way in and say, for God I live, for God I die, I have sold out completely. I'm not perfect, but I've been made righteous by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody saved in here? Anybody saved in here? He says, now I, I need y'all to get this. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, in the shoes of a soldier were different from the shoes of somebody who wasn't fighting. Somebody who wasn't fighting just wore some sandals, flat leather bottom, and they just walked around. But a soldier knew he had to stay up on his feet. And so what the soldier would do was that there were nails driven in the bottom of the shoes. And they were driven to point to the ground. So that when you took your stand and the enemy tried to knock you back, the grips of your shoes held you in place. Because it was the job of the enemy to try to knock you off your feet. But when those grips were in the ground, even if I wavered, oh, hallelujah, I stayed up on my feet. That's why some of y'all are just like the weebles. Y'all know about weebles? That's an old toy. They said weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I might lean this way. I might lean that way. But I'm not going down. Before it's over, I'm going to pop right back up because I'm gripped. Oh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Satan has tried to knock you every kind of way, but you keep coming back to your feet because I'm shod with the preparation of the gospel. Oh, God, look at somebody say, God's holding me up. I should have fallen a long time ago, 
but God is holding me up. I should have died a long time ago, but God is holding me up. Hallelujah. Then I've got the shield of faith. And the shield of faith was not just one of these round shields. This shield would go from my head to my feet. If you've even seen the Roman army, they were rectangular. And they were structured in such a way, and they were so strong that they could create what was called the turtle. And that's when a group of soldiers got together, and some of them held their shields over the top. And some of them held their shields to the right or the left. And some of them held their shields behind them so that when the enemy would shoot the arrows from the fort, it would just bounce off. And that's what it means to stand with other believers. That sometimes I'm facing the enemy and I can't stand alone. But if you use your shield, y'all ain't hearing me, and I use my shield, we can protect the army against attack from the enemy. That's why it's a principle, divide and conquer. Oh God, separate the saints. Separate the believers. Get us looking cross-eyed at each other. So when he attacks, he can pick us off one at a time. But when we put our shields together, he can't get to you without getting to me. And he can't get to me without getting to you. And did you not hear what the word said? That one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to a flight. I wish I had some somebody in here that was willing to fight with me. I wish I had somebody in here that was willing to go to war with me. I wish I had somebody in the church that was willing to put their shield with my shield because it's the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. The enemy is coming after you and he's coming after me but thank God for the shield. Oh hallelujah. He's trying to attack us, trying to destroy us, but thank God for the shield. He's trying to do what he can to take us under, but thank God for the shield. Come on, put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. He says, take the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Now, why is salvation worn as a helmet? Because the enemy is trying to play with your head. Oh, come on, tell somebody. He's trying to play with your mind. If you get somebody's mind, you get their feelings. If you get their mind, you get their emotions. If you get their mind, you get their attitude. That's why it's not enough to feel saved I gotta know I'm saved I gotta know I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb I gotta know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost because the feeling might leave me at the benediction but when I know in whom I have believed I am persuaded that he is able anybody in this church got your mind made up it's not just in my heart, it's in my mind. Be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. I just don't feel safe. I think safe. I think that I'm delivered. I think that I'm blood washed. I think that I'm born again. Anybody here got the Holy Ghost working in your mind? Shout hallelujah. I've got the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, shout hallelujah. Then, I got to close. The sword of the spirit, that is the word of God. Now notice that the girdle, the shoes, the breastplate, the shield, and the helmet are all defensive weapons. They're designed to protect you against attack. You've only been given, oh God, first of all, and all the weapons cover the front. There's no protection to your back. What's that mean, preacher? It is not the will of God that you run from the devil. It is not the will of God that you flee from the devil. The devil is supposed to run from you. Resist the devil. He'll flee. In other words, don't you run. Trap your anchor. I'm standing right here. Let the wind blow. Let the storm rage. But I'm standing right here. I'm not leaving the battlefield. I'm not leaving my assignment. I'm not deserting for my assignment. But I'm standing. I'm standing on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Anybody here standing? Anybody here? Standing, anybody here? Standing, shout hallelujah. Look at somebody, tell them, don't you dare run. Stand, look at somebody else, tell them, don't you dare run. Stand, stand, stand. Stand! Stand! You got all these defensive weapons. I got to quit. And you only got one offensive weapon. Weapon. That's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everybody hold up whatever you call a Bible. Cell phone, Bible, Bible, iPad, hold it up. And say, this is my weapon. Oh, God, hold it up. And say, this is my weapon. Hold it up. This is my weapon. The word is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I'll cut him one way. I'll cut him the other way. I cut across his neck, cut across his chest, cut across his legs. But I got a weapon that's alive. I got a weapon that's real. I got a weapon that's alive. I got a weapon that's lethal. I'm armed and I'm dangerous. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God stands forever. God. Use your weapon, use your weapon, use your weapon, use your weapon, use your weapon. Use it, use it. I sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664 
Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.